0: Hello and welcome to our global S&OP community weekly podcast. Brought to you by Ahmed Khalid and Ahmed Al Hamamsi from Middle East. Our global S&OP community podcast mission is to build a global community from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales and finance all over the world, where everyone's voice could be heard and listened. Every week, we host a new episode with great thought leader in the S and OP industry. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could open up the light in the screen of your consciousness and you'll never be the same again. We discuss hot and trending topics with our subject matter experts by asking the right questions that uncover their valuable experience in our show. You can visit our website AHMEDKHALED Co. Stay tuned every week with our global S and OP community podcast. Our guest today is Samah Sabri. Samah Sabri is currently the Regional Engineering and Manufacturing Excellence Director at Unilever. He is in charge of Middle East, North Africa, Turkey, and Russia and Ukraine and Belarus. I think it's a very big region to be handled, and that's why Samah is there. Samah has played uh, all the roles into in the supply chain. He started his career from. Uh, at the the upstream side, which is engineering and maintenance manager. He played the role of project manager, factory manager, manufacturing site manager, and he even played the supply planning manager. He was uh, the supply chain director for Unilever Egypt, and currently he is the regional manufacturing excellence director at Unilever. Samah has almost 25 years of experience, not only in the supply chain, but also in the business end to end. He is a great speaker who speaks to inspire. He participated in many events to inspire people in the supply chain careers. I can speak again about Samah from now till tomorrow. So without further introduction, let us please welcome Samah to the show. And before just introducing Samah, let's give him some applause. Hello, Samah. (laughs) Thank you you
1: very much. Uh, It's too much for me, to be honest. And uh, I really, really appreciate
0: the intro. It's it's too, too much. Uh, It's it's my pleasure, Samah. Thank you, you, Samah, for accepting the humble invitation in our podcast. Honour to have you, uh, the leader who taught me the commitment and discipline in life today, especially in our podcast. And I'm sure that this episode will be very unique, as I said, and great values. Of your twenty-five years of experience to be shared with our community today. So welcome to the show. Great to have you. Thank you so very
1: much,
0: Ahmed. Go ahead. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Sama. Uh, so I think that our topic today it's more related to the manufacturing excellence, and I know that you have a great and massive experience in that field, especially in the industry, industry and upstream side. So. Uh, being the Regional sub- Supply Chain and the Regional Director of Etienne Lever in Manufacturing Excellence, what is the meaning of manufacturing excellence based on your experience?
1: Okay, so uh, thanks for letting me be with the team. Um, uh, I'm happy to be here to, to learn from each every one of you and also share my humble uh, experience and knowledge with you. So let us have mutual uh, discussion, not only not one side discussion. So from my own perspective, manufacturing excellence is, is something about um, improvement. It's about uh, how to uh, develop and improve your performance, um, it, uh, how you can be agile, how you can be flexible uh, and also competitive in the market. So the most important thing about manufacturing excellence is to be flexible, agile, and competitive. When I mean competitive, I mean competitive from cost perspective, from quality perspective, from a standards perspective. So the, the concept of manufacturing excellence is, is, is mainly about how to improve yourself, how to develop yourself, how to develop your operations about continuous improvement. If you know the, the about continuous yeah. improvement, it's mainly about continuous improvement. So flexibility, agility and uh, to be having uh, optimum from cost perspective. This is the, the rightful meaning from, uh, from my side about manufacturing excellence.
0: Great. Just one question here, Sam. You spoke about the cost. I think that uh, there is always a formula between a cost and the quality from a manufacturing excellence point of view because i know that sometimes the business is pushing into uh, saving some margins and saving some costs from a supply chain cost and i know that also that uh, production costs or conversion costs could be a big element inside the supply chain cost when it comes to being a factory manager inside inside the the, the manufacturing excellence even understanding uh, how can you just balance between the quality and the cost just not be blinded away, because sometimes when we, when it comes just we are blinded away by the cost itself it can compromise somehow on the quality how can we just uh, balance this formula okay there is always a perception that uh,
1: to improve the, co- the the quality we need to invest and we need to have uh, the cost will will increase uh, but in reality it is the vice versa if you improve your performance improve your quality your cost will be reduced how how this will happen so Quality is, is very, very important uh, uh, KPI or, 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 or yani if you are producing a product with a good quality, it's easy to be sold and uh, it will be accepted by your consumer and your own customer. But if you have a problem in the quality of your products, you will suffer in the market. So when you think about quality, you think about uh, total, total quality, not only uh, the cost of the quality of the factory, but the total cost of the quality for the total business, because this is also a very important part. But even if we talk about the quality and the cost of the quality inside the operation, um, there is a misunderstanding that the, most of the people believes that to improve the quality, we need to spend and invest a lot, which will increase the cost. But but after you dig in and understand what, what the, does it mean by quality and total quality management and the concept of the quality, you will find that in reality, your cost is going, going down. Uh, how the cost will go down? So. When you have a better quality, you will avoid waste. Mm-hmm. You will avoid losses on the lines. You will not have any returns from the market. So, you when you, when you reduce waste, you improve your cost. When you when you eliminate the quality effects on the lines, you avoid the stopping of the lines. So, the lines will be operational. So, also the, this will decrease your cost. Uh, when you have no returns from the market or uh, or any issues on the market due to the quality of the product, you will also reduce reducing your cost. So having a proper understanding quality in your
0: process end-to-end for sure will reduce your cost. Yeah. Thank you, Samah, for this amazing answer. I think let's come back to our audience. I think that we have a great audience today. Our friend Mustafa, uh, hello from Egypt. Great to see you, brother. Thank you so much. Uh, we have our friend Fatima Zaid. Thanks for your effort. Great to see you. Thank you so much. Our friend Tamer Ahmed, hello Ahmad, great to see you, thank you so much. Our lovely brother Hassan Ali, <laughs> looking forward to the event and thanks for the effort. Thank you Hassan so much for tuning in. Our friend Aziz, Hi, excited excited uh, to enjoy this webinar. Thank you Aziz for just joining in. We have our friend Henrique from Brazil, uh, hello everybody, great to see you, thank you so much. Uh, we have uh, Durra, hello from Mexico. So I think that we have also the other side from the world, Hasseme, Brazil and Mexico. Thank you for tuning in. Our lovely friend, uh, Raymond, good evening and greetings from the UK. Thank you for tuning in. Our lovely also friend and brother, Moataz. Matez is saying, hi brother, thank you so much for tuning in. Just before just moving into the next slide or the next, uh, uh, I would say, uh, phase, so guys, please feel free to ask whatever questions to uh, Samah Sabri at any time, and we'll jump into your question just for the sake of time. So Samah, the second question that came into my mind, which is how how come that manufacturing excellence can reduce the cost, production cost and improve even the company margins?
1: Okay, this is a very good and very important question, because some of the, of the companies, they don't understand the, the, the importance of the operations and the having excellence in the operation. They, they, they always think about the margin only or the market only, and they don't focus more about the operational production. For sure, uh, manufacturing excellence, improving and enhancing the cost of the, the total cost of the product and the production cost, as well as the, the margins of the business. Because at the end, the part of the margin is the production cost. So if we can improve the production cost and we can reduce the production cost, for sure we can improve the, the gross margin or the margin of the of the product itself and the margin for the business. Um, how we can do that? There is a lot of things that we can do. So first of all, uh, what you cannot measure, you cannot control. So yes, we need at first to understand what is our current cost. And what is the reason of this cost? And then um, after that, we can discuss how we can improve this cost and we can reduce the cost. So, in for production cost, we have very famous uh, cost centers, or we, we call it cost centers or allocation, if you would like to say from finance uh, financial perspective. So we have the labor cost, we have uh, depreciation, which is the the value of the assets cost. Uh, we have the maintenance cost. We have the uh in cost, which including uh, quality and safety and the uh, other functions that supporting the operation <clears throat> we have a lot of uh, allocations that, uh, at, that at the end for nutshell is uh, showing the total production cost of the, of the factory for sure when you apply excellence or manufacturing excellence you would target for yourself to reduce this cost there is a lot of models a lot of concepts some some people they apply what we call lean Manufacturing concepts. Mm. Uh, some some sites or some businesses they apply total productive uh, manufacturing or total productive maintenance. In in Unilever we apply what we call world class manufacturing system. The, the the objective of this uh, another company is they apply Six Sigma. So all these uh, concepts or or twenty steps. Um, there is another concept called twenty steps. So twenty steps, Six Sigma, uh, WCM, TPM lean manufacturing, the aim of this all systems is to improve and enhance the operation and reduce the production cost. Uh, To reduce the production cost, as I said, you need to understand clearly what is your cost elements and you need to do a benchmark versus your competition in the market to understand you are in a good shape or you are not in a good shape. So you, you compare yourself within your own industry and you see that where you are in every element. And based on that, you decide if you are okay or not okay. This is one way. The second way, it's about continuous improvement. So even if you are the benchmark or your cost is the best in the in the, in the the industry, you need to improve. So what you do that you, you put your, your, yourself a target in a yearly basis to improve your cost, uh, to enhance the margin. Sometimes the business even ask for it. And there is more advanced concept that uh, some co- some companies they ask for what we call it production savings or manufacturing mm-hmm. savings. So they put targets to, for savings for every uh, operation, and they are um, put in. They, they are looking for delivering these savings, and these savings for sure improving the cash of the business mm-hmm. and improving the margin of the business when you when you reduce your production costs. So there is a good link uh, uh, and a very important link between the production cost and the margin of the product. Um, in some industries, the, the production cost can be from 5%, maybe to 12% of the cost of the goods sold uh, or, or the cost of the product itself. Mm. Um, and then it depends and
0: vary from industry to industry. industry.
1: Yeah,
0: perfect. Thank you, Samah. Let me just come back to our audience again. We have our friend Khaled Samar, greetings from Dubai. Thank you for tuning in. Our lovely friend Amr Al-Husseini. Thank you so much Uh, Amr, thank you for tuning in. Ahmed Kabil he's sending greetings. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in Ahmed. And uh, we have our friend Philip. Good evening everyone, greetings from Nigeria. We have our friend uh, Muhammad Adam, very excited to join the session, looking forward to learn a lot. Thank you for tuning in. For sure, our brother Muhammad Abul Qasim, greetings Ahmed Sam, (laughs) great to see you, thank you for tuning in uh, Qasim. We have our friend Mahmoud Bari, good evening from Riyadh. Thank you so much for tuning in guys. And again, I keep repeating it, feel free to ask whatever question into your mind and I will jump into it to take it. So, Samah, just one of the, the challenges that when I was in the upstream side and even in the production, there was something came into my mind. And what is the link between the OEE if I enhanced my uh, overall equipment effectiveness and how it will relate, be directly related to the uh, reducing my manufacturing cost? Uh, just need to understand the link between those things, OEE and the manufacturing cost.
1: Okay. Also, the, this is a good question as well. The OE, it's overall equipment efficiency or overall equipment effectiveness? And then the main um, idea behind this uh, KPI is to assure that our lines and our equipments are running in an uh, efficient and effective way. When you have your equipments running in an efficient and effective way, this means that you don't have, you have very minimal losses for sure any operation will have some losses our objective is to minimize or to eliminate these losses as much as we can so (laughs) when we say losses it means that we have extra costs when you have a losses you have extra costs so when you minimize the losses you improve your performance you reduce the cost so i will give you two examples to to explain the the logic so if i have very optimum line and our oe of the line is is high um um, I will I, I would say another terminology like uh, what we call it capacity utilization. So capacity utilization it means that how much we are utilizing our lines. So if I have what we call it capacity constraint on the lines, and um, my OEE is very low, this is will be a constraint. So if I have a high demand or a, to, to supply, and um, we are putting the scheduling of the lines, I will be constrained by the, the capacity utilization of the line and one of the reasons that will constrain the capacity utilization would be the OE of the line itself. So if I can improve the OE of the line, it means that I will reduce the capacity utilization, which will allow me to add more volumes to be produced. And if I am very efficient um, I, and I can produce the demand required uh, to be supplied in less, less hours, so I can shut down the operation for a specific mm-hmm. hours, maybe one day, two days, something like that, and I, I avoid overtime um, that we pay extra money for the the, the the operation. In case we ask them to work in weekends or we ask them to work uh, night uh, extra hours at the day, um, this is extra cost. The one of the things, other things that if I if I didn't improve the OEE or the performance of the lines and they have high capacity utilization like what I have highlighted, maybe I will, I will need to invest and spend money, cash to have extra line or extra machine to produce the products that I need or to fulfill the demand. So improving OEE for sure, impacting the the cost of the factory by improving the capacity utilization of the lines. Uh, eliminating the waste that can comes from the line, so it also reduces the cost. Uh, avoiding more investment. Um, for sure there is a hold in case uh, we reach it a certain specific capacity utilization, we need to invest. So uh, what we are trying to do by OE, we are trying always, most of the time to be below this uh, tipping point to assure that we will not invest as much as we can. Uh, all these parameters or uh, the points affecting our performance affecting the cost of them
0: yeah thank you sam i think that we have the first question from abdul aziz uh he's asking is it true that using lean in unrealistic and it's really hard to implement it
1: okay Abdulaziz, yani, uh, there is. Uh, Using lean is not unrealistic. You use the lean in your, in your daily life. Uh, lean, it's be, it's what improvement and, and development. And every one of us using the lean tools, by the way. So you are attending this uh, discussion now, or this webinar, or this why you have attended. You are attending to improve or to, to know something new, to learn about something new. So you are investing your time and you are coming here to discuss and share your experience and you also know about new topics. This is improvement. You are improving your skills. You are improving improving your experience with the people, the the nice people that we have here in the chats that will share experience and will share knowledge. This is what we call improvement. So it is under lean as well. So applying lean, it's not a rocket science. Uh, Apply improvements is not a rocket science. It's very simple tools, but it's very simple methodologies, but it needs discipline. So if there is no discipline, it will be difficult to implement the lean concept or the lean in the manufacturing. But if you have the discipline and we have the will to improve, for sure, it is easy to be implemented and it, it will show great and brilliant results.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Samah. We have another question from our friend, Philippe. He is asking, is operational excellence and manufacturing excellence the same thing? Okay, so manufacturing excellence is is unique to
1: manufacturing. So when we call manufacturing excellence, we focus more about the manufacturing, producing the products, which means the the, the factory uh, environment. When we say operational excellence, it goes a little bit far behind uh, beyond that. So operations, any operations, so we can improve the the total supply chain operations by uh, applying uh, good tools like, as I said, uh, lean tools or WCM tools so operations it's any operation you can you can improve your operation you improve your performance manufacturing is mainly do in, the, in the manufacturing environment yeah.
0: thank you Sabah I think we have long question I will try to read it from our friend uh Henry because I've, if I put it on the screen it will not be obvious too much so that the question that was asked by Enrique is asking how to overcome difference uh, between sales and production. Even though there is a combined planning for what will be produced, unexpected changes arise in the market via sales and generate pressure to change the schedule on the shop floor. This can compromise achieving previously agreed results. <laughs> I think yeah, it's very the, nice question. The, the, the-
1: the dilemma of the supply chain, <laughs> so this question is a very famous question. It's a, it's a, it's a chronic problem that you have. but guess what? This is the reality that we need to live with. We are living in a VUCA environment. And I, I think most of you know, the VUCA definition, you saw the COVID, uh, what happened and the COVID impact, and uh, we still impacted by what happened uh, in the pandemic till now, and uh, guess what? It will continue for almost one to two years now, again, more so. Um, forecasting is, is not a simple thing that we can say that uh, we can have 100% forecast accuracy or something like that. The good companies, very good companies, when they have uh, 70% forecast accuracy, they they are um, uh, celebrating, which means that we have 50% error in, in the signal that you get. Guess what? 50%. But uh, at least uh, we have 70% correct. So how we can overcome this problem. We cannot go in the S&P cycle and every time we complain about the numbers that we got. And the supply chain is, is very structured, very organized system. Sometimes it's difficult to react to suddenly changes. But again, this is a changing, by the way. Now the supply chain start to think differently. What happened uh, in the last uh, three years specifically? Uh, By the way, supply chain is changing and evolving every five to ten years. But what happened in the last two to three years, it is accelerating the change by far. So Mm -hmm. there is a new concept to start to be there like agility and and flexibility. So how we can be flexible and agile as a supply chain to keep for such ad hoc requirement for such sudden changes? This is very important how you can react to the market dynamics, how you can be fast, uh, flexible, and agile to take the opportunity. Because if you didn't take the opportunity, someone else will take this opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there is a lot of tools, there are a lot of ways, but, but it will take you I and mean, we can discuss it, but it <laughs> will take some long, uh, big discussion. Maybe you can arrange it later, but there is a lot of tools. Um, um digitalization is playing very important role by the way in this area um we can I mean, discuss it but i think uh, it will take longer time so maybe with ahmed we can have a separate uh, <laughs> this, start, uh, <laughs> but for the to conclude this is the normal and it is it, it it will be always like this this is the normal so we need to adapt As a supply chain, we need to adapt and understand this is the normal way of work. We cannot change it. If you cannot change
0: it, you need to adapt to it. And there is a lot of tools to adapt to it. Yeah, I like what you said, uh, Sabah, because you touch a point that supply chain should be agile and responsive. And when it comes, I I come back like 11 years back when I was in the factory. My mind was very rigid because why always that the planning is playing in in, in the the production frozen horizon and just changing in a very short term, even less than one week or just three days, they change the plans. And you open eyes on on that point that manufacturing should be also agile. And this kind of rigid mindset where we should have a production frozen horizon. No, this, uh, as you said, that most companies that they are agile, they shouldn't have this frozen horizon this is is opposing every and each kind of agility meaning so you should be responsive because the market time to market you should reduce it time to volume even you should reduce it in order to cope with the market because you never know how it's happening and that is as you speak about the vuca and uncertainty that we are living it we should adapt and we should be agile that that this is the new norm this is our life would be like this yeah very cool so, I saw a question regarding industrial version 4 as well.
1: Ahmed, that at the Yes, I uh, L- yes 4. Uh, 4. Uh,
0: we have our friend Mustafa. Mustafa, he's speaking. Let's about industry 4.0.
1: Also, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thanks, Mustafa, for opening this uh, topic, but it's very, very big topic as well. Uh, I can يعني, go very, very fast about the topic, so Industrial Revolution 4.0. It's it, it become uh, something booming now, and um, I was hearing about it uh, three to four years ago. But now um, it becomes very accelerated, uh, and most of the companies start to implement. It's mainly about digitalization. Um, in Industry 3.0, we're talking about automation and PLC programming and the use of robots and cobots. Industrial Revolution 4.0. It's become about digitalization, Internet of Things. Uh, augmented reality, um, automated automated guided vehicles, digital twin, uh, digital dark factories, uh, um, a lot of of things, touchless operation, uh, a lot of stuff that it will need uh, any big time or more time to discuss. But at the end, this is the future. It's very important. Um, It's mainly about data science uh, using the data um we we about data lake you know, uh, uh, the most important thing about the industrial revolution 4.0 that you can connect your lines with the internet like which which you call it internet of things you can capture data real time and uh, this data you recorded in data lakes and uh, you need to have data scientists uh, who can analyze this data and based on this analytics you can take faster decisions this is one part of the industrial revolution 4.0 plus what i said about automation and digitalization uh, from the augmented guided vehicles or digital twin or dark factory concept or touchless operation this is uh, all uh on nutshell uh, the new trend of the industrial
0: revolution 4.0 thank you samah for the great answer we have our friend uh, philip He's asking is there any book on manufacturing excellence you can recommend Again, um, there is
1: a lot of good books. I cannot recommend a specific book to be frank, but um, uh, what I can say that uh, lean manufacturing is very simple. Um, and then I believe there is a lot of materials uh, on the internet that you can uh, download. Uh, you, if you are new on this topic, maybe you can start with lean concepts. Uh, it will be very easy to you to understand uh, from my point of view, but honestly, I cannot, there is Toyota production system. It's a good book, but you will not find a lot of stuff in, um, maybe Kaizen uh, is a good book as well, but you will not understand Kaizen if you don't understand lean. So you need first to understand about lean, then maybe you can go for Toyota production system book or Kaizen. Um, this is, this is my view, but you can, easier, e- the, the most easy thing that you go to internet and Google it and just check for lean materials
0: you'll find a lot of stuff there start from there thank you samah we have another question from our friend mustafa he is asking how can you put criteria so we can measure improvement of the process when implementing a new system
1: okay so at the beginning said if you, what you cannot measure you cannot improve when you said, are you saying now about the criteria to measure the the, the improvement on the process? You need or system. You need to understand first the system. What is the objective of this system? What is this system supposed to deliver? So based on that, you start to put your own KPIs for this system, um, and you monitor these KPIs. It doesn't matter of the of the KPIs now good or bad. It, it it's matter to monitor the performance of the system and to measure these KPIs and you try to improve these KPIs versus yourself. So you do your own benchmark. What is our current status and where we would like to go? And based on that, you, you, you put your own criteria. So again, the most important thing to understand what is the objective of this system, why we, we, we are aiming to have it, uh, what is the expected outcome? And you measure the outcome. You put your own criteria to measure this outcome, and you benchmark yourself versus the outcome. How much did you improve versus last month? How much that you improved versus last six months? How much that you improved
0: versus last year? Yeah. Thank you, Samah. We'll, we'll jump into the next question from our friend, the Muhammad Adam. He's asking how manufacturing excellence can be applied in procurement taken taking into consideration business agility challenges okay so uh, mohammed for procurement i know why
1: he asked this question (laughs) (laughs) is coming but anyhow uh, a continuous improvement which is a concept can apply anywhere as i said at the beginning we applied in our own personal life so it can be applied in any function in any department any department or any function need to improve. And there is two ways for improvement. There is continuous improvement, which is step by step. You put for yourself a standard that you need to um, achieve. Then you try to improve Uh, for procurement. For example, you need to have your own KPIs. Again, what is the objective of the the procurement department? What is their main objectives? What are their main deliverables that they should deliver? And based on that, they, they put their own KPIs and, and they need to imp- work to improve their K- KPIs. I will give them one example. One of the objectives of a procurement is to get the, the, the right materials or the right supplier with the right quality at optimum cost. OK, so this is one of the KPIs that we need to measure. Do we have this KPI or we don't have it? Uh, Do we have the right suppliers with the right quality, with the right deliveries? We we don't have this is one of the things uh, procurement responsible for the cash of the business. Around um, 85 to 90 percent of the product uh, cost is coming from materials. So procurement for business is very, very, very important. So for procurement, how to do a good deal um, and how to have a partnership with the suppliers to assure sustainability of supply, with optimum price for the business and then uh, having what we call partnership. This is very important things to, to measure and to, to control. Um, how to deliver products or materials from the supplier to the uh, point of use uh, right first time without an inspection and without having a storage or warehouse, just from the supplier di- directly to the production line or the point of use with no inspection at all. This is one of the criteria that we commission and to have it as a KPI. Um, how much savings that they did, how much better deals that they made to save money for the company. Because most of the savings that we deliver for the business is, uh, to to release cash is coming from procurement. How much mm-hmm. uh, good deals that they do, uh, like uh, uh, terms payment, or payment terms mm-hmm. is very important. So if you are a supplier is, is paying 30 days or 60 days or 15 days or 90 days, it's very important to working capital of the business. Also, as I said, partnership with the supplier, how you, how you treat the supplier, you treat the supplier as, uh, you are one or you treat your supplier as just a supplier that I'm trying to get the most benefit of the supplier. And that's it. I don't care about my supplier. This is very important. So, as I said, continuous improvement is, is, is applied everywhere. And the second um, way is disruption of having mm-hmm. a new way of thinking like, or a new trend. Um, these two ways are the only ways to improve. Okay, so continuous improvement. It's a, a system that you can use when you have your own current process on the ground or current system and you need to improve this system. Here, the continuous improvement or the excellence will come. But if you have created a new system or a new concept, this is a disruption in the like the industry. Now we talk about digitalization. It's a disruption. OK, when you have the, the new system in place, you will use the continuous improvement to improve the system. Mm-hmm. But you get my point. So again, uh, you can use manufacturing excellence or excellence in any uh, part of the, uh, sorry operational excellence in any part of the business, even procurement.
0: Thank you, Samah. Can I give you something here? <clears throat> Thank you, Samah. It's a wonderful answer and very summarized. I will jump into the next question from our friend uh, Mary. She's asking, is there a link between CRP and OEE?
1: Okay, I think CRP she means capacity requirement planning, if I'm correct. Because she's CRP certifies so for sure. I believe she talks <laughs> about that. capacity requirement planning. So how you do the capacity requirement planning? When you do capacity requirement planning, you check the, the signal that you get as a demand to supply, and you start to do rough cap capacity, then Based on the lot of capacity, you decide that if you can do it or no, then you go for the capacity requirement planning. To to do that, you need to understand what is the output of the line. Okay. How much the line can operate per per hour um, and how much is the output per hour or per per second based on on the operation, how much output that you will get. And based on that, you do your own capacity requirement planning. But guess what? The OEE embedded in because mm-hmm. when the production team confirming to you that this line output is 18 pack per minute or 100 pack per minute inherent is the oee of this line which including the speed and and the performance of the lines and the losses of the line
0: so for sure it is link maybe you cannot see it but it is there yeah, i can i'm just laughing because i i remember when we were in the planning and manufacturing and how you were at somehow that the manufacturing they are trying to put a lower OEE and lower output to an extent that they finish the plan when they give these outputs to the, the planning they finish the plan earlier and then ask why why we are with that the factory is stopping because everyone is buffering on the other everyone is buffering No, like what you said because OE is OEE it's already embedded and it's inside that the, 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 the rough cut capacity planning that we put it the output is there so just give it, I'm talking about this for the manufacturing team because once you have you have just don't bluffer too much have the optimal one or the optimized one when you give it to the planning you feel comfortable and at the same time also you you, you give them the the, the uh, I would say the right design speed and the right OE to plan accordingly just to not have that that's why i was laughing about this point so so maybe
1: next time you should do what ahmed just said that when you get the crp and you get the numbers from the production just ask them what is the design speed of the line and what is the way of the line
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) and i don't want to just uh, disrupt this but uh, into somehow you can go on 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 ground and see the design speed how that the machine is operating based on the theory of constraint which machine has the biggest problem so you understand how it goes yeah. but rather than yeah. just um, managing the whole volume lump sum uh, how many tons I have it per hour or per day this doesn't give you, give you any sense that's why sure, I was sure. laughing at this point yeah. so and understanding uh, the bottleneck of the line as well okay yeah <laughs> yes I'll jump into the next question for from our friend Raymond I think it's a very long question but let me I will take it he is asking due to the pandemic and the impacts of increasing transportation to the global supply chain are there greater manufacturing opportunities to utilize obsolete stock or redundant system without domestics market of course as long as safety stock safety and the quality are not impacted yeah you answered the question uh,
1: Raymond so First, uh, let us understand the, the impact. Maybe some people on, the, on the, the call now, they don't know about the transportation impact. So I will give a flavor about it. So if you get a container uh, from China to Europe or to Egypt or the Middle East, it was costing before around 4,000 US dollars, 300, uh, 500 or 4,000 US dollars. Nowadays, to get uh, a container from China now, it costs from 11 to 13,000, sometimes 14,000 US dollars. So uh, it's down three times uh, or four times uh, the, the current, the original cost due to the COVID and the the, the the pandemic. And even the based on what is happening now, that most of the markets start to open and the, most of the big countries, industrial countries, they started to, to open the market and they start to operate, there is a shortage of materials as well. So most of the time, maybe you will find them. Um, you will suffer from shortage for a specific material that you cannot, you cannot get it on time or because of the material cost is very, very high. So one of the things that you said uh, is to manage and get the opportunity to reduce or uh, to liquidate your obsolete products or stocks for sure, which is have a proper quality and proper expiry date to respect the customer and the consumer. Maybe most of the companies now they are doing what you are thinking about and um, sometimes they give it with a discount prices to assure that um, it can be sold on the market and they can cover the gaps that they have in their own plans but this is reality happening now on the ground your, your point is correct
0: 100%. thank you samah we have our friend tess she's saying cont- continuous improvement is amazing thank you for tuning in we have the next question from our friend yasin Abdullah. He is asking how I can achieve it at MRP field. I think that he's speaking about the, the OEE, I think. I think he's talking about the material quality planning. You need to understand yes. how
1: we apply continuous improvement of operation excellence in the MRP. Okay, so seen it, it depends on the your company. So if your company using a, a robust system for the MRP, the system will be automated any system garbage in, sorry for that, garbage <laughs> out. So if we put the right parameters on the system to calculate our requirement for materials, for planning for the materials, for sure, the system will give you a proper a proper output, okay? If you don't have a proper system and you are using your Excel sheets or you, you, you work on your own, the most important thing that to assure that your system doesn't have bugs. And you need to check uh, your your, your files. I remember what we call it, the Nini file that someone was using before. And uh, I was always challenging him to assure that this file is working properly and will not have any shortage. So what I'm trying to say that if you have your own tools, it's okay. By the way, no problem. It it is based on the company um, uh, size. So if it's a medium to small, small company, excel sheets would be okay but for medium company maybe you would need uh, a mrp that uh, for medium-sized companies for large companies they have very big systems which, which is erp systems so the, again it, it depends on the on the system it depends on the inputs that you put in the system and there is no bugs on the system last uh, but not least it's uh, about um, you are doing a quality inspection and you do continuous checks on the, on the system to assure that the, we ha- you have the right parameters. You updated your own parameters on the system or you're still using all the parameters. Maybe you, some of the suppliers, they change it, their own uh, delivery terms or, or weeks coverage. It, w- it will will impact to weeks coverage. So maybe they, instead of delivering in 10 days, they start to say we we'll deliver in 20 days. If you didn't update your, your system, guess what? You'll be out stock. You you your, your week's coverage will be vanished and suddenly you'll find yourself stock So <laughs> continuous improvement is very important. Maybe you start with Excel sheet and at the end you you, you 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 will find yourself working with Oracle system or SAP system. This is the continuous improvement that you can have from
0: my point of view. Thank you, Samah. Beautiful answer. We'll jump into the next question from our friend, Muhammad El-Karmani. How can we get benchmark for OEE?
1: Okay, so Muhammad, to get benchmark for OEE, it's um, based on, again, your industry. So some companies like Unilever or uh, Procter & Gamble or Henkel or Nestle, such big ones, they do benchmark internally and externally. So they can do it internally within their own manufacturing sites. And they can do as well in, in internally based on the industry itself. Um, for you, for sure, what you need to do, you, you, you can do your benchmark with, uh, versus your own self. So if you cannot get the, the data or you need to pay money for that data to get benchmark for global benchmarking uh, for your own industry, and it's difficult to, to pay for it, it's okay. What, what you can do, you can do uh, put a benchmark against yourself. So, for example, your performance is 60% now. You can put for your for yourself target to reach 70. And when you reach 70, you put target to reach 75. And when you reach 75, you put target to reach 80. And this is also a good way to, to improve your, your operation and performance. But for sure, if you know uh, the benchmark in your industry, this will be much better. But again, it doesn't mean that you reach the benchmark of the industry that you have that you will not Stop. improve why, why don't put a new benchmark
0: mm-hmm.
1: you yeah. can so yeah. again it is it, based on your own performance benchmark yourself benchmark yourself based on yourself and put every every time a target to,
0: to achieve thank you Samah, and i think also the same from our friend raymond he was saying Samah. thank you raymond thank you Samah, raymond. i I have one of the compelling questions that I was waiting uh, for this question uh, at the beginning of our discussion, which is how to transform a normal factory to be a sourcing or exporting hub worldwide, regardless of the size of the business. But how can you take a, a, a small factory and just work on it and making like attraction for leads or just attraction for exporting to the whole world?
1: Okay, Yanni, this is um, um, uh, what we call it a dream or something that you need to (laughs) dream about. Uh, First of all, you need to have a strategy. So if you are a strategy to become an expert hub, this will be your own slogan, your own strategy. Or vision, sorry. You can't put it as a vision, that you need to be an expert hub. And based on this vision, you need to put your own strategy. How I will be... uh, uh, an, an export hub one of the most important thing is to know your capabilities and uh, uh, when you understand and you, you you assess your capabilities you can do SWOT analysis or any analysis that you would like to do but you need to understand what is your strengths what is your weaknesses what is your opportunities what are the threats that you may have and based on that you start to work step by step to improve your performance the most important uh, thing on the journey is people the human being and the most important investment would be in the human being. So you need to start with your team and your team needs to believe that they can be, uh, if we talk about Egypt or, or Africa, why we are importing, why we will not become export hub to Europe or to UK or to USA, why, why not? Why they perceive our, our products is not a premium uh, products or good quality products. Um, this is what the way we need to think. And as I said, if you put it as a vision, you need to have a strategy. And in your strategy, you need to assess your capability. And based on that, you put your plan. Mm-hmm. So you cannot do that without uh, commitment from your team, having a good team that believes on that. And even you believe in your team as well. You improve your team capability. Then you improve your process capability and you put targets, milestones to, to deliver it. So for, for I will give some examples. So to, to, to be an export hub, you need to have a lot of certificates that are uh, mm-hmm. recognized by the global community in the industry to, to confirm that I am I'm, I'm, I'm certified, I'm qualified, yes, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very strong, I have very good costs. But not only cost, by the way. I have very good quality, and um, I have a very good um, process uh, which is controlled under control, and um, I don't have any waste, and, and have very good um, um, products that I'm producing. It's a very long journey, by the way. It will not it, you cannot do it in a day and a night. It takes time because perception um, um, to to um, to change perception is not an easy thing. Yes, it takes years and guess what if you did a mistake in the middle it's easy to go back to square one Three. <laughs> because perception is a perception the people it's difficult to change people perception when when you said to them that i'm 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 supplying this product from africa they will said what what you are saying from africa from egypt how come this is the main uh, normal answer and if ourselves are not believes in our products, um, mm-hmm. and you are not using it, don't be any uh, ashamed or don't be angry when uh, or uh, disappointed with someone else saying that uh, I will not use it, yeah. because you already you are not believing in your products. So how come you ask the others to believe in? So you need yeah. to believe in first, and then um, uh, to be proud of. This is also very important. You need to be very proud of what you are doing. If you are proud and uh, pro- producing the proper products and you are competing in the market and you're showing that you are not, much, you are not better than us, we, are, we know and we know what we need to do. And then um, we have a mission that will deliver it to be an export hub and we get foreign currency for our countries and we get more people to work and we will have the latest technology that we have and we have the best uh, operations in the world. This is the thinking. This is the way they will be convinced they will accept it. Brilliant to say. Uh, We need to give an example. Japan, for example. Yeah. They, in, in the 70s, the Ameri- Americans, well, they said that job is crap. <laughs> they were saying job is crap. When you get something from job, job, in Japan, it's a crap. <laughs> now, Japan is the benchmark to the anything related to quality. When you when we say Japan, you say this is a different, they come from a different world. They are different <laughs> people. By the way, forty years ago, uh, they were they were crap. I'm sorry, I'm saying about the products. So they, mm-hmm. the job Japanese crap. Now the products, the Japanese products, is one of the best products all over well, the world. Mm-hmm. So it takes time to change the perception, and other people did it. So why we cannot do it? We can, yeah. but we yeah. need to have the will and the confidence and to be proud.
0: I like how he put it in because it's all about us. How, how you believe on your products and how you believe in the capability of people and how uh, you as a leader, how you can uh, have a real vision and a real mission and just always observe it and remind people about it and how you can see it, it will come. This is, this is the good thing about the leadership which you, you were speaking about. I, I like how you put it in totally. Yeah.
1: We, we need to believe in ourselves, Ahmed. No one is better than you. No one is better than anyone we have here in the core. No one. Just you need to believe in yourself and you put
0: for yourself a mission and you will deliver it. Yeah. yeah. How how can we stay true to ourselves? This is the game. And this is, this is the differentiate who is the leader and who is not, which is something that obvious about, about how you speak about how you can be a real sourcing hub It's not a dream, but if you work on it and uh, if you have the willingness, as you said, everything will be true in in a medium term. So I I will I will just jump out of excellence a little bit. And I will jump to the last question, which is more related into your experience. So uh, I speak a little bit about crisis management, not manufacturing excellence, but I speak about crisis management. Uh, I do remember how you were handling some of strikes when when it happens, especially labor strikes inside the factories. What is the system thinking that you can give to any factory manager when there is something happens, some crisis happen, especially for strikes uh, in in, in that manner uh, and especially in our our time? What is the system thinking that they can use in order to just pass this crisis and uh, having a business continuity uh, along the way.
1: Okay, so crisis management um, is a very big big topic, uh, Ahmed. And um, my philosophy that uh, when you are in such situations, you need to be resilient. <laughs> you need to be cool and calm. And um, <laughs> yeah, because in, it, it happens. So when it happens, it, it happens already. So you need to think how you will deal with it how you will manage it. So you need to be resilient to think. And um, if you talk about people, I always respect people and I respect to floor. And then um, before taking any decision, you need to put yourself in their shoes to understand how they will uh, uh, um, understand your decision or the company decision, how this decision will impact the shoe floor, how should the shoe floor will act? If you are in their place, you will accept it or you will not accept it. This is very important. Sometimes there is decisions coming due to logical reasons. Um, sometimes to business continuity. We don't have other option and you need to implement it. Um, you understand that will be pushback. back. You should respect this pushback. Because if you are on the other side, choose, you will push back. So you need to respect. You need to listen. You need to try your best to, to mitigate the risk on these guys on the, on the other side. So how I can support them? How I can mitigate the risk? How I can reduce the impact on them or on the business? And the most important thing is to balance. There is always a balance between business and people. Don't make uh, go for the the side of the business more than the people and uh, vice versa. Don't go more on the side of the people versus the business. Because if there is no business, all of us will be in home. We need to understand that. And if there is no people as well, there is no business. So we need to balance the the relation between both. If, If you think this way in any situation, it will be sorted out. Believe me, it will be sorted out you need to negotiate sometimes with the top management of the business you need to negotiate uh, with the with the shoe floor or the or the label as you because you highlighted a specific case so i'm talking about this case for crisis management and you need to get something in between to sort it out how, how we can solve it how we can sort it out this is this is my formula and this is the way i always think about but sometimes you need to take tough decisions this is you have ten thousand uh um, employee and uh, during the crisis that we have currently some com- companies start to think about what we call lay off they need to reduce the numbers because they cannot cater for all uh, if you are very emotional we'll say we cannot do that it's difficult to do that how can we do this but if you look from uh, and if you are in the people's on uh, crew side you will be annoyed and you will not be happy but you don't see the picture because if the business didn't do that, all the 10,000 would be in home. The business cannot go anymore. In this such cases, you need to think differently. You need to think, okay, some people will go out. How we can, we can let them go with dignity? How we can let them go and find better opportunities outside? Mm-hmm. Okay, so be, we, you become responsible organization. It's not just um, getting the people out and that's it. No how we can let the people go and they will be appreciating while they are going and they will not forget the company. And they will appreciate what you are doing with them. And they will be happy that they are going. If you can do such formula for sure, there will be no issue. The most, the, the, most of the problems happen between the top management of the business and the shoe floor, that there is no common language. By the way, the top management is talking for the benefit of the shoe floor. They are not against because at the end, the company is <laughs> is two white cooler and blue cooler from without white cooler. It cannot works without blue. Cooler, it cannot work. Mm. But the white cooler taking the decisions um, and they, they most of the time I, I can claim that they take decisions for the sake of the good of the shoe floor. But mm. how they deliver the message to the shoe floor is totally different. You don't have a common common language. And most of the time there is no trust between the blue exactly. and the white cooler. between the people and the management, Not even blue color, white color. Most of the time, some people, they don't have a trust in their management. And this is a big concern. And the, this mistake, not from the employees, it's from the management. If you have a mistrust, it's the management or the leader problem. It's not the people problem. If you are mm-hmm. a genuine leader, if you are a good leader, people will trust you and they will be sure that you will you will let them safe even you will let them go you will go in a mm. safe manner this is specifically for the case that you highlighted but in in total for any crisis management you need to have a resilient thinking and you need to have your own contingency plans and even if your contingency plan is not working you need to set calm and you you put your own plan because it happens the, the problem happens so how we can overcome it how what we can do differently to quickly overcome it and, and and
0: work and go on this is this is my view Sam, i kept saying that you are a business humanizer and i'll keep saying it because uh, when it uh, when it comes to take a decision and i was working with you you put always people first and you put always people uh, and yourself in 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 the shoes of people and take the right decision which is something that that's why i believe that uh, all people that they work with you, that they love uh, the way that you are taking care because you put always yourself in their, in their place and take the right decision. That's why I think one of the biggest success factor because you are a really business humanizer. And uh, I would like to thank you again, Samah, for your amazing time. Really, it was very insightful. And I think that, uh, that the engagement was an evidence on that and the many questions that we have. And I keep saying again, if uh, people uh, you want anything from Samah, our audience today, please uh, don't hesitate to direct message him on LinkedIn and just uh, just connect with him. Uh, it was a pleasure hosting you, Samah. And thank you. And I'm sure that we'll have another episode, maybe about digitalization, maybe something like that.
1: Thank you Ahmed very much and thanks for the nice words that you are saying, it's too much uh, for me honestly and um, it's a pleasure and honor to be with the whole team here in the call and uh, I am very happy uh, you made my day
0: uh, because I was here, thank you very much. Thank you Sabah and thank you guys for tuning in, see you after, have a great day, bye bye. Thank you for listening to our Global S&OP community podcast. We hope that you have absorbed some values from this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be notified every week with the new episode. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.co or ahmedkhaled.co. We believe that one word, one story or one conversation could transform your life. Stay tuned next week with a great thought leader in S&OP. Have a wonderful week ahead.